Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Whether it be Shakespeare or jazz, the only thing that counts is the emotional effect on the listener. That's a thought by Duke Ellington. In the summer of 1956, the jazz great found himself seriously digging the bard. Inspired by his encounters with the Stratford Shakespeare Festival while on tour in Stratford, Ontario, Ellington composed a 12-part suite. He called it Such Sweet Thunder, and here's the title track. The title, Such Sweet Thunder, comes from A Midsummer's Night Dream, and that quote I opened the show with comes from the liner notes for the album. But the work is a lot more than that. It covers everything from Othello to Romeo and Juliet, and it does so, yeah, with that trademark 1950s swing. Tonight, this critically acclaimed suite will be the soundtrack for a new joint production from Shakespeare Festival St. Louis, Nine Network of Public Media, Jazz St. Louis, and the Big Muddy Dance Company. It opened last night, and it's already getting raves. Joining us to discuss Such Sweet Thunder is Tom Ridgely, the executive producer of Shakespeare Festival St. Louis. Tom, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be here. We're also joined by Gene Dobbs Bradford, the president and CEO of Jazz St. Louis. Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Tom Ridgely, there are so many different Shakespeare plays. If you wanted to just keep doing those, you could be busy forever. What led your company in this jazzy direction? Well, we're always looking for ways that Shakespeare can feel relevant and contemporary today and how we might p- help people understand that, that sh- there's something in Shakespeare and these characters and these stories that can be for them, even if they don't necessarily think that they are bard lovers. And so when we came across the fact that, yeah, in the 1950s, a Duke Ellington had written this massive piece inspired by Shakespearean characters, we figured, well, we've got to find a way to do something with this. How did it even get on your radar that he'd done this? I'd, I'd never heard of this myself. You know, I had gotten to town, and I was thinking about, well, you know, who could we work with? What could we do? And I thought, and it, honestly, it started with ballets. I knew that there was a Romeo and Juliet ballet, a Midsummer Night's Dream ballet. I knew there was music that was inspired by Shakespeare, and I was just going to look and what else, what other kinds of music did he inspire? And I came across this Duke Ellington thing. Honestly, I'd never heard of it before. But as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, well, that's a, that's a lot cooler than Mendelssohn. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> a much better least. fit for St. Louis, exactly, too. Exactly. So, Gene Dobbs Bradford, um, how did J- uh, Jazz St. Louis end up getting involved with this? Well, we were approached by, uh, by, by Tom and, and, um, and uh, our uh, former director of uh, education and community engagement, Phil Dunlap, uh, latched onto this right away because it was a very natural pairing uh, for us to to work with uh, work with them to bring this piece, which is uh, very well known among jazz circles. Um, uh, and it's a beautiful and really uh, rigorously organized piece as well. So uh, to bring it to life was, was just a treat. Now, NPR described this soundtrack as one of the most remarkable orchestral pieces in all of American music. What makes it so great? Well, I mean, even when you hear the, the beginning, now, the, the piece, even though the, the title, uh, Such Sweet Thunder, uh, Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn, who also uh, was a composer on this, 
they created, they didn't really go verbatim into, but he sort of did character studies of uh, different characters throughout that focused on the four areas uh, that, uh, that Shakespeare was right, the histories, the comedies, the romances, and the tragedies. And so uh, Such Sweet Thunder is actually something of a... Um, of an overture, if you will. And it's actually not based on Midsummer Night's Dream. It's actually based on uh, uh, Duke Ellington's uh, musical impression of of uh, Othello wooing Desdemona. Oh, yeah. my information is, is badly off here. <laughs> and the thing, and so, and so the, um, so the, well, I mean, that's the title he did get from. Oh, the title but, is but, from a Midsummer. So, but so the, he's not the music, right? Is. So everything isn't isn't as literal as you might think. But it's really very interesting to see how he did this, and uh, and you can hear in that a lot of very classic Duke Ellington gestures with the with the with the trumpet mutes and everything, where it's creating what they used to call their jungle sound. That's very cool. Now, Tom Ridgely, going back to the title for a minute, um, what was Shakespeare talking about in this pa- in this passage, and why do you think this appealed to Duke Ellington? Well, as he often is, Shakespeare's talking about love, and such sweet thunder, you know, rolls off the tongue really nicely. But if you think about it, it's an oxymoron. Thunder is not usually described as something that's sweet, um, and sweet things aren't typically loud and noisy and scary. But uh, but he's trying to get at the, the what it is to be in love with another human being. And mm. sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's thunderous. And those opposites exist alongside each other. It is a great phrase. It's a great phrase. And I think, you know, the, the, the great insight that I think Ellington had was to, and Gene, maybe you can speak more to this, but to, to see a connection between the rhythms of... of poetry in England in the late 16th century and and the rhythms of, of African-American music in the early 20th century. Yeah, that's something we don't <laughs> yeah. think of as having commonalities, but uh, here they are. Well, it's uh, kind of interesting. He wrote uh, four sonnets in this. Uh, Duke Ellington actually wrote four musical sonnets. And of course, each one of these sonnets follows the same pattern as Shakespeare's sonnets. So if you want, you could, as you listen to it, you could uh, lay a, a sonnet right over top of it with, uh, and the the iambic pentameter uh, actually matches very nicely with the swing rhythm of jazz because you have the the emphasis on the second on the second beat. So they actually work together really well, and it's actually very clever. I thought the way he was able to uh, musically suggest these uh, these sonnets. Yeah, it, it, it takes a genius to, to look at a 14-line sonnet and, and hear a 12-bar blues. <laughs> yeah. But that's what Ellington managed to do, so all credit to him. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So as Gene mentioned, um, each of the um, 12 numbers within this suite are inspired by different um, Shakespearean plays and in some cases individual characters. And we got some audio from last night's performance of the number inspired by Puck, who's a character again in A Midsummer's Night Dream. It's called Up, Up and Down, Up and Down.
Gene, hearing that little snippet there, is that pretty much representative of the sound of this suite, or does it go in many different directions? It goes here? in many different directions, and I think you know, as he as he you know evo- uh, as he uh, evokes different moods. This one, of course. Uh, uh, you know, certainly from one of the comedies, and so it's going to be a little bit lighthearted. Is and uh, and this is uh, based on the scene with the uh, with the four lovers and uh, Queen Tatiana and, and Bottom, where they're um, were being led through the the, the forest by Puck. Uh, and you can even sort of musically hear um, in the in the in the flugelhorn part uh, the. Uh, uh, Lord, what fools these mortals be, mm. you know, and uh, it's all just, it's, it's all wonderful. But of course, as, as he goes through some of the different plays and focuses on some of the different characters, it takes on a different, uh, different mood. So it's just like uh, as any other sweet would. You're going to go, you have a beautiful, broad range of beautiful music. I thought it was really interesting the way Ellington Suite begins and ends with black characters, from Othello mm-hmm. in Such Sweet Thunder to Cleopatra in Half the Fun. As an African-American artist himself, do you think that this was intentional on Ellington's part? I think that it was absolutely, um, when you look at, at the way he focuses on, on characters like Othello and Cleopatra, he was very interested in, in as he always was, in presenting uh, the real soul of, and beauty of, of uh, black Americans and black culture. And I think he found that he, he found that uh, quite nicely in uh, in this piece. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry, Tom Ridgely. I was just going to say, yeah, one of the things that I think is so cool about this is how he's just like blasting through categories, whether it's classical or contemporary or black or white or. And he wanted to, he wanted to take down the barriers between art forms. He wanted to have people see uh, jazz in the same light as Shakespeare, but he also didn't not so much to elevate but to really say that this music is for everybody and what really matters is the quality of the art. Hmm. So talk to me about how that translates into a full-fledged theatrical production. From what you're describing it sounds like amazing music but where do you find the plot line on that Tom Ridgely? Well it's Bruce Longworth the director and adapter of the piece who found the plot line. I mean obviously we knew that Ellington had written this suite. Um, We knew it was inspired by Shakespeare. We also knew that, that soon after the album was put out this Belgian choreographer named Maurice Béjar had used it as a score for a, a, a modern ballet. Mm-hmm. So we knew that dance had been a part of its life very early on. So those three elements came pretty pretty quickly. Um, and then we knew that you know if you play the suite straight through, it's maybe 40 minutes long. Um, and so that's not quite an evening, at least not in the theater. And we thought, well, how cool would it be to hear actually the Shakespearean dialogue in conversation with the Ellington piece? And, and so what Bruce did is he sort of ransacked the canon and and pulled text from all different plays, the plays that inspired the Ellington pieces and some other ones. He went through the sonnets and he's created this beautiful story of uh, of a relationship from the very beginning, the early infatuation stages, you know, the hot, exciting moments to the later sort of rockier, you know, more tempestuous moments to this really um, beautiful reconciliation and resolution at the end. So that was that was his great insight. And I think it really gives like this production 
its its soul. And this music has such a 1950s kind of feeling. Did you end up playing that up in the production? Yeah, absolutely. Bruce Bruce really wanted the world to be the world of Ellington's music. Mm-hmm. So the costumes that the characters wear are very 1950s. The video design that Peter and Marjorie Spack have done is evokes that era, and it just lines up perfectly yeah, with the, the tunes. The choreography too, it, you know, has a lot of those elements of, of swing dancing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very spectacular. It's, uh, uh, Big Money has done an exceptional job in, um, in, in with this production. And you guys got such a gift of weather. I saw people out there. Um, this is happening kind of right outside our studio. We saw them rehearsing earlier this week oh when gosh. it was in the 90s. It looked so painful. And then yesterday, it was like the heavens decided to gift you with perfect theater weather. It was absolutely beautiful out there. And it's going to be beautiful this whole weekend. So I think the, uh, it's, it's, a, it's free. So, you know, I hope that people come out and enjoy. Uh, what better way to spend an evening? And so if people do want to come out and, and see this, I know that there's a recommendation that they might want to RSVP in advance. Tom Ridgely, can you give us the website? Um, I understand that's your website where they can go to do that. They can go to our website, sfstl.com, um, or, or to Nine's website. And, yeah, there's just a link to Eventbrite where you can register so that we know that you're coming and can make sure there's room for everybody. But it is a free event. It's open to anyone. And if you happen to stroll up, I'm sure there's a spot. <laughs> That's great to hear. So you can go to the website for Shakespeare Festival St. Louis, or it sounds like the Nine Networks website, and, and get to that link. And it should have all the information on when it starts. So hopefully people will decide to come out tonight and join you guys. Yeah, 8 p.m. It's only an hour. That's perfect theater for yeah. a modern audience. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, Tom Ridgely of Shakespeare Festival St. Louis, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And Gene uh, Dobbs-Bradford of Jazz St. Louis, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.